Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast. Here, through the power of the internet, we are coming to you talking about movies, talking about life, love, everything in between. Miss Boo, how are you? Eh. 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 That's how I kind of feel about this pick this week. Eh. Why do you gotta hate on me? Why do you gotta hate this movie? This movie's great. I don't hate on you. It's just, you know, we're kind of going into Valentine's Day, and I thought, you know, you'd pick something super romantic. This movie is romantic. But but seeing kind of, you know, both the choices that we chose for, you know, to bookend Valentine's Day, it kind of makes sense. It's kind of who we are. And we'll reveal what my pick is for our after Valentine's Day pick, but do you want to tell everybody what we're going to be talking about this week? I can't wait. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. I love this movie to death. It's Harold and Maude, the 1971 71. film directed by Hal Ashby. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, I love this movie. This movie is great. I don't even care. And it hasn't, care fav- it. it hasn't been a favorite of yours for that long, right? No, I saw this movie probably last year, something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, in total, I have seen this movie three times. Okay. Uh, and it was one of my favorite films I saw it in school. Yeah. The first time I saw it, it was one of my favorite movies in a long time. The second time I saw it, and now it is one of like my top three favorite films of all time. Really? Yeah, no, this movie is great. I love this movie. It is one of the very few movies that can actually like get me to cry. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, here's the here's the the reveal. Uh, the end of this movie, I cry like a bitch every time. Every, all three times I've watched it, I know how it ends. It's telegraphed really early. I still cry like a bitch at the end. This movie's awesome. I love this movie. Yeah, I expected to maybe have the waterworks myself when I watched it for the first time. I watched it last night thinking, you know, oh, wow, it's really going to hit me hard. No, got through it. No tears at all. So you're probably going to have to explain to us what gets you crying. Absolutely. Yeah. What makes you feel like a little bitch? (laughs) We've been together for how many years, boo? (sighs) Too many to count. Yeah. And you see me cry like, what, three times? More than that. You're a big crybaby. And you're mean. You're mean. Because you make me that way. Because you hit me. Mm. Well, back to the point at hand. Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. I always I think this is one of those movies where it works like you find it versus you look for it. Because mm-hmm. this movie's not very popular. It's it's one of those like cult classic mm-hmm. kind of movies that's generally not talked about a lot unless you're. Just a fan of it? Kind of, or unless you're like really into just weird Hollywood new wave black comedies. But that, yeah, I found it through like school. Yeah. One of my professors was like, hey, we're doing a new Hollywood like study this week. And this is, we're going to watch this in Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is great. So yeah. I mean, if you said Easy Rider, I totally would have been down to watch have that. Have you seen Easy Rider before? Yes, I have. Oh, what's your favorite part? Is it the weird psychedelic trip in New Orleans? Is it the the whole, you know, those guys beating the shit out of people? What, what's your favorite part of Easy Rider? I mean, you really want to talk about that or how you're into, you know, old lady love? Hey, hey, hey. All right. You just sound like everybody in this movie who looks down on Harold for finding love in, I will admit, a very strange place. But, you know, it's a story. It's It's a good love story. It's two people finding each other. I mean, it's kind of opened my eyes to, you know, Dean loving some sweet grandma love. Boo, I mean, you're not that much older than me. You want to live to see another day? I'm going to 
I'm going to ask you to, to stop this line of questioning. All right. All right. Okay, so this movie is celebrating a big anniversary this year. It's celebrating 50 years in cinema. Yes, 50 years. This coming December. So yeah. it's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you ever heard of this movie before? I've heard of it. I've seen the poster to it, but I've never actually watched it. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, okay, this is a weird question. Did your did your mom ever see this movie before? I think she's seen it. Came out of seventy one, so she's probably seen it before. Uh, well, the, I I don't think she was a fan of it either. Well, the reason I ask is my mom saw it as well, yeah. and that's she was the person I heard it from the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always I always thought it was just you know oh it's a comedy, and then I yeah. watched it. And it's a little bit more than that, but yeah, no, I'm just curious. Just yeah, curious. I, I thought it was more the on the dramatic side than comedic side. Oh yeah. Uh, it it is kind of weird because you think oh it's a it's a seventy one new Hollywood oh there's gonna be like a bleak downer ending it's gonna be all this like we think Taxi Driver we think like Jaws we think Exorcist we think Bonnie and Clyde those kind of you know Easy Rider those kind of new Hollywood French films Connection. French Connection we're think I think we just named a bunch of freaking movies but whatever but we we think that it's gonna be movies from that era are just more serious and this is not serious that's what i was expecting i mean let alone right into the beginning of the movie we see him hang himself and i'm thinking okay we're we're doing one of these movies where they reveal the ending first so i'm like okay that's what we're doing and then we we learn that this is something that harold does on the regular which is kind of odd yeah he's he's an odd boy he's an odd duck you know he's he's supposed to be what like 18 18 19 yeah like, he's, he's just, like, on that verge of, like, adulthood where he has to decide what he's going to do for the I rest mean, of his life. dude looks like he's 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bert Cord, I think is that that's the actor's name? Yeah. Uh, no, it's Bud Court. Bud Court, yeah. He has a very young face. Like, he, he I will admit, he looks a lot younger than he probably I mean, is. Young face and young body frame, too. Because I kept thinking, like, he's got to be, you know... Not even in his teenage years. He just looks like a little boy. Which was kind of off-putting to me. And it's like, this little boy is going to start dating this grandma? Like, what? Yeah. I I mean, granted, he wasn't... Um, he was one of the people that was... Went for this role. Another person who you probably know much better is Elton John. He was almost Harold for this film. Hmm. Uh, and then I think Elton John actually recommended Bud Court for the role. I probably would have liked it better with Elton John in it. You just like Elton John. I do, but he also has, you know, uh, a very comedic sense of humor, so... Yeah, but I mean, I think... Court, I think he's just really good for this role, because you want somebody who's younger-looking, who kind of epitomizes that, like, youth, versus Maude, who's, you know, very old. Like, she's, you know, an elderly woman. She's 79 years old. Yeah. And it's that kind of dichotomy. He's He's supposed to be, you know young full of life looking to you know expand his horizons all this stuff but he's obsessed with you know death depression morose he's you know a downer kind of person yeah and Maude is the exact opposite she's at the end of her life but she loves every part of it yeah and he's kind of beginning his and he is he's re- waiting for it to be over yeah so and I think that's an interesting thing. It's the it's the dichotomy. It's the pessimist versus the optimist, and they kind of come together and they kind of grow from each other. And I mean, she really brings them to life because this is you know Harold's thing throughout the movie, trying to you know 
kill himself while not really killing himself. Yeah. And we see in the beginning of the movie, super pale, and the more time he spends with Maude, you know, he actually becomes, you know, regular <laughs> flesh tone. It's like, oh, wow, I'm like, you look healthy. You don't look like a, a corpse. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, nice to see in that way that they, you know, that she kind of breathes life into this kid who really didn't have anything going for him. Yeah. And it, and it's... Despite being very wealthy. Yeah, that's a thing. Because um, Harold's family life is also kind of depressing but depressing also and cold yeah depressing cold but he's he's a wealthy kid like yeah and i i guess that's a thing that doesn't make that people don't get now is like just because you have a lot of money doesn't make you happy mm-hmm. and you know harold literally has from what we see in the movie his family has enough money he could do pretty much whatever he wants but yeah. that's not what makes him happy He's weird, he's eccentric, he just wants somebody to care about him. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, woe is me, you know, I'm depressed because, you know, mama never hugged me enough. Mm-hmm. That's kind of Harold's character, but it's also the realization that Harold is like this because when his mom thought he died, she put on this kind of over dramatic presentation so she would be the center of attention. Yeah. And that kind of showed him that yeah, you're you're a commodity to your to your to your family. You're a prop. You're a pr- yeah, you're a prop. You're not that, and that's kind of why he's like, I'd rather be dead and do all these things because at least that gets kind of a reaction of caring from my parents. But his mom at this point doesn't care anymore. She's so used to him, you know, pulling all these stunts that it's just like, all right, well, you know, I'll see you for dinner, or you know, I'll catch you later. And that's funny. Like, come on, some of those are funny where he's just floating in the pool face down and she's just swimming past him, completely ignoring her son who looks like he's drowned. Yeah. You come on, there's a couple of moments in here where you get the where you get the giggles. Yeah, there's some, you know, humorous moments that I found in this movie. Uh, a lot of them are with Maude, though. Oh, yeah, well, Maude's just awesome. You want Maude to be your grandmother. Let's be honest. No, I had a really cool grandma, so I'm so good. did I. My grandma, my grandmother's was awesome. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, I'm good. Um, you know, someone that I just met. You know, sure, okay. You know, you want to hop in, you know, this car? Maybe not so much, because you know, I don't want to be considered an accessory in a stolen car. But you know, yeah, but Mod, Mod just you know just goes right past it. You know. Yeah, I, I liked her interaction with the the bike cop. Oh, when she got to talk to your to your dad. He I'm, wasn't a bike cop, but... Uh, I mean, the, the incompetence there was on level, right? Well, I mean, the fact that, you know, she, he pulls her over the first time, she's like, really, I was speeding? Oh, okay, I'll, like, I'll consider that next time it takes off, you know, gunning down, gunning the street. down the street. And I'm yeah. like, I like that. Can't get away with that now, but back then, totally would have tried that. Yeah. So, yeah, Boo, like, I, I can keep going on to why I really enjoy this movie, but I want to I wanna hear you, you know, you didn't enjoy this movie. And... Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. I, I want to. Okay. Was it something where you just couldn't connect to Harold, or you couldn't? There wasn't enough, you know, humor in there, or the romance didn't like feel right, or or what exactly? I mean, I was able you? to sympathize with both characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the romance was weird. Uh, yeah. But but again, they're both weird characters, so it, it's kind of the, the thing. Yeah. So it's like I can understand it. It's just it wasn't for me. Mm. You know, I the when she dies in the end, 
you know, spoiler alert, she dies in the end. Okay, this movie's 50 years old. I know, Boo, you, you like holding spoiler alerts for a lot of things, but this movie's 50 years old. Hey, this is the first time I ever saw the movie. It might be a first time for someone else seeing the movie. It's true. Uh, yeah, you know, I really didn't get a reaction from her passing in the end. Really? No, I mean, oh, it's... That, that tears me up every time. No, because, I mean, she tells him in the beginning when they first meet at the, the funeral... When she's talking to him and saying, you know, oh, this di- this man, he died at 80 years old. That's, a, you know, a good round age. I'm going to go out the same way. Mm-hmm. So he's already been told, hey, I'm going this way. My birthday's like in two weeks. No, her birthday's like on like a week away. It's like on Sunday or something. It's not two? No, no. I think. Oh, well, so- it might be. I don't. I know because they're only together for a very short time. Yeah. So she tells him. And then, you know, they make, you know, this relationship and he's ready to marry her. And then she tells him, you know, well, I won't be around for too long because I took the pills. And And he's just, you know. What? Yeah. Oh, come on. That, that, it's a sad moment. And, but right there when he just yells, what? And it hard cuts to like the ambulance. That's that's like a funny cut of editing right there. That's a little funny. Yeah. And I mean, even in the hospital when he's, you know, yelling at doctors to help her and she's kind of just, you know, laying in her gurney smiling. She's at peace. She's yeah. completely content. She's lived a long, happy life. She... Despite some of, you know, despite some bad things happening that we learn in the film. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that after. Let's just keep this. But, you know, she's content. She had, uh, you know, a fling the last week or two weeks of her life. So she didn't With somebody go... she legitimately loved and who she legitimately loved. loved her. Yeah, so, you know, there was really no unfinished business. She was ready to go. Yeah. So that's why I didn't really feel, you know, too sad. I mean, if she had died, like, in his arms or something, then maybe you would have gotten a reaction out of me. But it was just like, she looked happy to go. Yeah. And I think the thing there is, I understand, like, Maud's thing, you know. She's lived the the best part of her, of her life. She, it's implied kind of stuff kind of minorly that she's also suffering from early alzheimer's yeah she's kind of so she's aware that hey i'm probably not going to be able to be the eternal you know pixie forever like i'm gonna this isn't gonna end great for me i'm kind of hitting the end of the line that light's gonna go out yeah and i understand she's she's taken life and she's like i live life to the fullest and i'm gonna end it on my terms but then we see Harold in the hospital and it's just he looks destroyed he's crying and it's just, it feels so painful because you're watching you know somebody you watch you know 90 minutes of the movie yeah you've connected with them you understand why they love each other why they care about each other we yeah. understand we understand why we like them why and it it's so sad it's watching like somebody lose you know their other half and it's just and that's painful it, it hurts yeah, but I and, mean, you know, it, it was always borrowed time. Oh yeah, it was always borrowed time. Like even if they did get married, like Maud would probably have not lived another many years. No, so you know, it was always going to end tragically. Yeah, it, it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet in a sense. I mean, even down okay. to the end where we think that you know he's killed himself. Yeah, and and I sat there and I'm like. That's bullshit. He didn't kill himself. And then, you know, the camera pans and he's up, you know. He's there with a banjo, with the banjo and he plays out to Cat Stevens. And I was like, I fucking knew it. And like, well, damn, Harold couldn't just, you know. Well, that's the well, that's the thing right there. 
it's so up to that point in the movie every time he's committed a, a suicide act or yeah. whatever or he's he's performed i guess yeah um it's been for an audience it's yeah. been for like his mom it's been for like his dates it's mm-hmm. been for him you know just an audience yeah when he does that at the very very end he drives his Porsche off the cliff. Which, Porsche slash hearse. Yeah, he's modified into a hearse, which, come on. It's great. He, but it's a Porsche. Yeah. Or no, no, it's a Jaguar. It's a Jaguar, yeah. So he launches that off the side of a cliff and it crashes and we think, oh my god, it's he's over. And then, you know, he's there. I think that means something because the only audience he's playing for in that moment is himself. Yeah. He's like, this is... Or maybe it's even he's playing it for Maud. He's like, yeah. "Hey, this is it. Like, I don't, I don't want to to be that sad, depressed guy anymore. I want to live the life, you know." Yeah. Maud, show me that life's a little bit more, more than death, more than the end. Life's everything in between. And this car is just another thing. Yeah, the car's another thing. She even says at the beginning, you know, oh these, you know, objects. I ju- I just like being around to remind people it's here one day and it's gone the next. That's that, true. That's why she steals all the cars and all that stuff. But I I think it's also symbolic. He's destroying the hearse. Yeah. You know the hearse Jaguar thing, and it's like you no know, he's and then he goes out playing the banjo which Maud gave him that banjo she playing did. Cat Stevens playing the same old song that they sang and together for the first time and it's like hey you know yeah mod's gone but harold's you got no outlook on life life is a lot more beautiful than he thought it was yeah and you know it's that, worth living it's very much worth living and that means a lot coming from mod's character and i think we'll get to the big fun reveal thing as to the mod's past outlook thing on life do you want to you want to jump in on that one no no you're on a roll so i think you should do it okay so Maud, we find out um kind of around the mid no not the midpoint like probably around the beginning of the third act that um she was a holocaust survivor she never says it she never brings much mention of it it's just implied it's implied like she tells harold that when she was in um, back in Germany when she was a little girl or when she was a girl, she yeah. used to go to protests and, you know, all this other stuff for the government. She keeps a, an umbrella from Germany. And when they're looking at the sunset going down, Harold notices that she has uh, the numbers tattooed on her arms. Yeah. And I've seen some things about it and people mention that, oh, that number sequence and all this other stuff, it's... I don't know if it's a real sequence, but that kind of order and the letters that are attached to it means she was in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like an intentional thing for the director or if that was like an accidental coincidence thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I saw this in a history book, so I just slap it on her arm. Right. But yeah, because so she's a Holocaust survivor and it means a lot more, you know, that, hey, this woman has not only seen the literal worst things you could see as a human being, but even after that, she's still like life's beautiful yeah like even even the dirtiest messiest destructive parts of life there's still beauty in it mm-hmm. and when she you know she's dying and harold's like maud i love you how can you do this to me you know i i love you and maud just says i love you too harold now go and love some more mm-hmm. there's so much good in this movie like how do you hate this movie i never said i hated it it's just well i think not loving it deeply and you know as much as i am that just means you hate it you know? 
No. Okay, well, I no. mean, I'm surprised you don't love this movie. I'll put it like that, because I, I very much love this movie. There's a lot of deep, interesting things about it. I've seen it three times, and I find something new to like about it every time. I mean, you know, there's movies that I love that you don't love. It's just a thing. It's 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 a preference. It's true. So, you know, there are good moments to this movie. Uh, I enjoyed Maude a lot. Um, Personality-wise, eccentricities. You know, I I love that she lived in an old, you know, train car. That, you know, she was an art collector. That she posed for art. Just that she has been a woman that has experienced just about everything in life. And, you know, really ran to things because she was in a very bad place and lost her husband. Yeah. So she made sure that instead of, you know, kind of, you know, shrinking back into herself and, you know, remaining kind of dead and desolate for the rest of her life, she made sure to live each day like, you know, that was her last. You want to grow up to be mod, don't you? I mean, who wouldn't, you know? Uh, I, I kind of like that, you know, Camaro that's sitting over there. Well, I'm just going to borrow it and drive it until I see the next car that I think is pretty. I'm going to uh, test these cars out, like she says. Yeah. it's. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny when she stole the, the pastor's VW Bug. Oh, yes. That's like the first time we meet her, right? Yeah. Uh, or she just gets in and she's like, oh, Harold, do you need a ride? She's like, oh, no, I, I have a car. It's like, okay. I mean, this one's nice, too. And she just peels out and the reverend comes out. I was like, who, that bitch is stealing my car that and when she also returns his car and he goes you know aren't you the woman that took my car and she goes oh yeah and you know did you like that mural of the saint that i painted on the hood no oh i thought you would have and then she takes she off in the hearse peels out in the hearse yeah. yeah oh and then she's driving off and she's telling harold's like oh you know uh do you want me to drop you off at home and harold's like but but this is my car and she's like oh it is he's like yeah this is this is my hearse She's like, oh, then you should be driving me home. And just, like, stomps in, drags into a spot. Why does that sound like something that would happen to you? Someone would, you know, carjack your car. You'd get in and, you know, drive with the person and be like, you know, oh, hey, man, can I, you know, drop you somewhere? Well, this is actually my car. Oh, cool. You, you want to take me home and then you could take your car back? It'd get me my car back? Yeah, honestly, it sounds lovely. <sighs> okay, but, yeah. Harold. I love you too, Maude. But I yeah. am not that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there we go. I I like this movie. Um, there's a huge parts about it that I find enjoyable. I think a lot of people would find at least something about this to, to attach to. You know. Is there any, any big parts you want to jump into, Boo? Because I can keep gushing about this for a while more. I mean, I I thought, you know, the bits with his uncle were funny. His, his one-armed army colonel uncle? That yeah. where he salutes with his yeah. Why are you saying yeah? Like you're all like you know oh that's cringy but that's funny. Oh, because I mean we see you know that he's missing an arm and he has the the sleeve you know pinned to his jacket, and I'm looking at it because I've seen that before and I'm like that doesn't look quite right. And then we see him you know pull the cord to salute with that sleeve and I was just like oh god <laughs> the sleeve really? is rigid and it comes up to make it the salute and I'm like that is. That is perfect. You are, you sir, are a, the master of comedy in this moment right now. So we have that. Um, we also have the other part where um, where Harold's mom wants him to, to enlist. Yeah. And he's with his uncle, and him and Maude have, you know, come up with a scheme to get him out of the draft. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to his uncle about how he lost his arm, and you know he gets really animated, and he's like, "Yeah, but you know, 
the taste of blood in your mouth. And, you know, it's funny <laughs> choking his, the life out of somebody. It's funny because it starts with his uncle telling probably the most epic war story you could ever imagine. Because it sounds like he's just describing um, saving Private Ryan to, yeah. to Harold. <laughs> And then, like, Harold's like, yeah, but the killing and the blood. And Har- I, ob- Harold's obviously trying to get, like, a Section 8 so they wouldn't, like, enlist yeah. him. And, oh. And then we get, you know, him going nuts over, you know, the thought of killing somebody. And that's when we have Maud, you know, where she's protesting with, what does it say on the sign? Peace? Peace or something and, like Yeah, that. I think it just says peace. And Harold and Maud get into a screaming match where he's calling her a commie and a pig. <laughs> And she's swinging the sign at him, and she goes. He goes chasing her down the stairs. So you have the three of them running down the stairs, and I'm just like, okay, I'm like, this was you know pretty well thought out. Even to her, you know, jumping into the little hole that takes her into the ocean. I'm like, yep. oh, all right, I didn't see that coming. So I found that scene humorous. What about when they're walking through the through the park and the you know the uncle's talking and the guy in the background yeah, he... just keels over? Yeah, I. There's just random things in this movie that are just, like, ridiculous, and they're funny, and it's great. It's like, I love slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I appreciated that in this film, but it's just, you know, I didn't love it the way that you fell in love with it. I guess it happens. I guess yeah. it happens. So, yeah, boo. So, yeah. I mean, Maud was a lot of fun. I mean, I even enjoyed Harold with some of his uh, suicide antics. Especially when his mom says, you know, you know, you need to get married. You're, you're, you're of age. Maybe you'll stop with the pranks if you get married. And, you know, they bring in the girls one by one and he comes up with different things to, to scare them to death. The, oh, when he, uh, lights himself on fire and she yeah. starts freaking out and then he just walks in the, from the other room and he's like, oh, hi, how's everybody going, doing, you know? And she's like, ah, she fucking runs out of the building. Oh, it's good. Or he cuts his arm off. Um, oh, he, he stabs himself with a hairy carry knife yeah. and the other, and the girl there is like, oh, how your mother must have told you. I loved playing Juliet in the theater production in Sunshine. Yes, please. And she just goes through the soliloquy of Romeo and Juliet and she stabs herself with a thing. And Harold's mom comes in and Harold's like, this bitch is crazy. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So, so I was good. like, you know, some of his antics I could appreciate. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it was all right. Okay. I mean, so... I was doing my research for the movie. Yes. Because, you know, Harold and Maude do get it on in the movie. Yes, yes. So we see morning after. That Yeah, it's the only thing we see. We don't see, you know, 20-something-year-old, you yeah. know, and, you know, 60- or 70-something-year-old actor and actress getting it on. We don't see that. We see the morning after. But apparently... Ashby wanted them to get it on, and Paramount was like, "No, absolutely not." <laughs> Thank you, Paramount. Thank they, you. They <laughs> they were like all they were like the priest and the psychiatrist and his mother in the film. You know, they're like, I can't imagine your soft, your hard, firm body and her soft, ragged breast. Oh, th- there's a whole bit with the priest when yeah. he's trying to explain to Harold why he finds it disgusting. And I can't do it justice. Just look up that scene. Harold and Maude, priest. Just do that. It's it's great. Uh, yeah, so that kind of, you know, would have been a little horrific to watch. It would have been rough. I will not I yeah. will not lie about that. So, yes. you know, I'm glad that they, they didn't do that. Also, I don't know if you noticed, 
I did my notes before I watched the movie, so... Yeah. Uh, Harold and all his psychiatrists... They are dressed exactly, exactly the, the same. same. Down to the accessories. Yes. Uh, that's one of those fun little bits when you watch the movie, and you're like, why is it that Harold is dressed like the psychiatrist? And that's a little form of his rebellion against, you know, the whole act of going to a to a psychologist or going to a therapist he's like i don't i don't want to be here i know this is a shtick i'm just you know i'm dressed exactly like you i'm just putting up with this you know you're not really gonna get we're not getting anywhere with this i'm just here and it's fun like there's again that's another one of those little tidbits in the movie that are just fun yeah it's funny yeah so yeah i mean it had a you know a healthy budget too 1.2 million for a movie that was made in the late 60s yeah, yeah, I think the movie was shot in se- or 69 or 70. Yeah, so that's a lot of money. I would assume most of that went to probably Harold's house and the cars. Because yeah. there's a lot of cars in the movie, since that's what she does. Yeah, no, a lot of it probably went to locations and sets and things like that. It's also surprising this movie was not a hit when it came out. It, it I think it took almost 10 years for this to make its money back. I can believe it. Yeah, because it was... Um, it was one of those movies that when it came out, it didn't, the fan base wasn't there for mm-hmm. it, you know? They weren't, they weren't looking for, um, this black comedy romantic film that's really weird with a lot of eccentric characters, and at the center of it is this very strange, like, disproportionately aged, like, romance. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really make a lot of money. It was a cult classic when it came out. Like this, it, it wasn't like a Rocky Horror style thing yeah. or an El Topo kind of thing. But it ran a lot, like Midnight Movies. It was it was in that crowd mm-hmm. for a long time. And then it finally made its money back, you know, decades like a decade later. Yeah, but then, you know, it works out. That's probably why this movie didn't. No one knows about this movie is because it kind of just sat in the ether for like a decade. Yeah, and it's supposed to take place in what San Francisco? I, I I'm not really sure about the 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 area. I know it's on the West Coast. I always thought it was in in like the San Francisco area. Yeah. I think some of the sets look like they're from L.A. though. Well, the movie is supposed to take place in L.A., so we probably would have gotten a different movie if it had been in L.A. I don't know how different though. I mean, her well, trying actually... to outrun cops in L.A. Well, this was 71 L.A. There's still dirt roads in L.A. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, where we live, like, it ended on Pioneer and everything after that was dirt road back in 71. I guess. I mean, I wasn't there, so. Me, me neither. Me neither. I heard this from stories. Same. From from the before times. The long, long ago. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was originally supposed to take place in L.A. Greta Garbo, they also want, or um, Bud Court wanted her to play Maud. Yeah. Which would have been cool. It would have been cool. There, there's a lot of interesting things about this film. Also, after um, uh, this film, Bert, or sorry, Bud Court. I don't know. I'm gonna call him Bert like 50 times. But yeah, it it's just really interesting. This movie has a lot of just stuff attached to it, and it's it's interesting. I really like this movie. I mean, I'm not sure if you know Bud Court's done a lot of things after Harold and Maude. I I think he has. He's one of those actors though where. Um, every picture I've seen of him that is not in Harold and Maude, he has a full beard. 
So he's probably been in a bunch of, he's probably been in other stuff. It's just, we probably don't recognize him as much. Yeah. Because I, I believe he was rather young when he did this in the first place. I think he was only like 20 something. Yeah. I think he was 21. Yeah. So, I mean, he, the thing of you saying, man, he looks like he's 13 in this movie. He does. Yeah. You know, young face, small frame. You know, the only thing that gives away his age is the fact that he's like very tall. Very tall, kind of looks like Eric Foreman from That 70s Show. I mean, this is about the right time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wears the same clothes. Same haircut. Yep. So that might be, eh, he's probably been in other stuff. I just haven't, haven't, I I don't recognize any of the credits off the top of my head. Mm -mm. A lot of the people in this movie I didn't recognize, so Mm. I can understand why it's a cult classic to some. You know, it's kind of that special kind of movie that's beloved by a certain crowd. Yeah. So, but I, I think it's funny that he didn't want to get typecast for being in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he's, in fact, typecasted himself by being in Harold and Maude. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he was famous for Harold and Maude. Like, famous, because people remembered him, oh, you're in the, uh, the old lady movie. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I don't really want to get typecasted as the quiet weird eccentric kid old lady lover yeah he didn't want to be typecasted i don't think he'd been typecasted at that in one flu but he'd been typecasted as you know the depressed kid i don't think he yeah. wanted that to be his career but times are changing life's going on they do they do but boy yeah. george was also a big fan of the movie boy george loved this movie yeah i was surprised when i found that out yeah it's it's interesting because um, a lot of people really dig this movie. Uh, I think it's Sight and Sound or AFI mm-hmm. do their hundred greatest or their top ten best films of all time thing. Yeah. Every ten years, twenty years, something like that. It's every couple of years, and there is a consistent crowd of people. It's like the same like thirty people that say it's Harold and Maude is the greatest film of all time, mm-hmm. and it's a very strong. It's just a consistent crowd. It's the same group of people every you know time they do this yeah. this list. They keep saying, yeah, this is my favorite greatest film of all time because how they do it is they just vote on or they just input all their favorite films and whoever has the most consistency gets to the top mm-hmm. so but you know hell mod has never actually broken that top 10 list but it's it's on there somewhere it's there you know yeah so you know i didn't fall in love with it it was a decent watch would you recommend it to anyone I'd or is let, this a little too weird to recommend? I'd let you recommend it because I know you love it. Well, yeah, I love it, but I'm also a crazy person. I'm yeah, asking I know. if you, you know, you, you're at a cocktail party, you know, having a couple of drinks. Because we we go to cocktail parties so often. Oh, totally, you know. Go around with my analogy. Okay, all would, right. Would you recommend this to, you know, a group of people? Like say, you know, oh, like your your cousins there, you know, maybe a couple of friends. Would would you recommend this in the blind? I'd recommend Rebel Without a Cause, which you could listen to from our previous episode. You just wanted to plug your movie. Of course. Yeah, okay. It's good marketing. I understand. But yeah, I would recommend it. I think going into it pretty blind is a good way to do it, which this podcast does not allow that. But yeah, you should go watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. I think if you if you just give in to the weirdness of the movie, you'll enjoy the film. I guess. But that's uh, that's about it. I mean... Unless you wanted to throw any other things out. Well, next week, you know, because we're, we're bookending Valentine's Day. This is our kind of... This know, is the pregame, and then we got a postgame. Yeah, postgame. So, 
my post-game pick for Valentine's Day is the truly, truly classic. I mean, this movie is celebrating its 90th anniversary. So. It is uh, almost as old as the concept of sound in film. Just about. Just about. And this, you know, we thought Rebel was our oldest movie that we were talking about on the podcast. This beat it. So we're going to be talking about Dracula. Which premiered on Valentine's Day. It did. So there you go. A true romantic movie. Are we watching the American version or the or the Mexican version? Oh, no. We're watching the Bela Lugosi version. Ah, uh, but of course. But of course. Because, you know, while in the Mexican version of Dracula, Dracula himself really didn't come across as Dracula. He kind of dropped the ball, but the woman that plays uh, Mina in the movie, she was, like, top-notch, you know. I she, think she... She just passed away, like, last year, or she might still be alive. No, she passed away either last year or the year before that. Yeah, she was, like, 108. Yeah, she was still going to conventions and meeting with fans, and they tell her, you know, you were, you know, amazing in this role. It is crazy, because that was, like, almost 100 years ago, and she was still consistently the best Mina Harker oh, on yeah. film. But we're going to get into all that stuff next week here at the Film Club. We will, because, you know, apparently... You know, old people is romantic to us for some reason, because I'm just thinking, you know, Dracula is like... You just like vampires. <sighs> vampires are cool. And Bela Lugosi's cool. You just like vampires. But yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our little podcast. Boo, why don't you plug what, where people can listen to us, find us, hear what we're doing. And yeah. I'll sign out. Yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film, Plug, Film Club Podcast. And if you want to listen to us on any other platforms, we are on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and just about every other podcast platform you could think of. You want uh, to plug anything? Well, if you wanted to hear more of my mindless ranting, you can find me on the Double Feature Podcast and the Tube Skier for TV Podcast. Both of those you can find on the YouTube channel in the frame. And also everywhere where podcasts can be found. But yeah, I think that's it. We'll see you next week at the Film Club. Peace. <laughs>